Hi, welcome to the Reds We See, where we talk about our favorite soccer team, Toronto FC. I am Dan. I'm Corey. And uh, yeah, Corey. Uh, yeah. Orlando versus Toronto FC in Orlando, but Toronto FC is the home team. One note about that. I did like the fact that they didn't sell tickets to the game. No, that's, uh, that's against the rules at the moment, which is fantastic. I do. I 100% agree with that. They, they could get rid of that big-ass black and white banner that's always in the way. <laughs> the digitally enhanced crap. Yep. I don't mind the, the red above, but every time the ball was thrown or kicked higher than five feet... You'd lose it. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about this in earlier shows. How is a home game considered a home game when you're playing against a team where you play your fake home games in their stadium? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently uh, Toronto was not about to uh, take the home team dressing room. No. You know what? To be fair, that's classy. Yeah, it's classy because it yep. is Orlando's home, and to kick them out, which they were legally entitled to do, <laughs> do that just shows class that Toronto FC does have. For sure, uh, you you don't uh, kick out the owner. No, the owner's playing there, and that I thought that was a classy move. For sure, and I hear that their change room there is uh, pretty decent on their own, anyways. Well, it's, it's a fairly new stadium, is it not? Yeah, yeah. So Toronto is being treated, you know, they're, they're being given what they can. Yes. Now, the result. <laughs> uh, two minutes in or? <laughs> not, not, not so classy. No. So over the whole season... I've heard so much bitching that we needed to put Q in net. Now I have nothing against Quinton Westberg. No, he's a talented keeper. Well, if he is, he didn't show it. That was not a very good debut. That's 100% certain. Here's the thing that gets me. All right. We've stated it multiple times. You, everyone should know my opinion that I am a, Alex Bono fan and he mm -hmm. did win us to 2017 treble and he is young and there's plenty of time for more improvement and stuff and all I get is backlash on the uh, Quinton Westberg knows how to distribute the ball and if the ball comes to his feet he knows what he's doing and you don't have to worry uh, the first goal was through his legs 50 seconds in the second goal was he decided he was going to play with it with his feet, change his mind when a Orlando player came near him instead of just booting it out. So I'm not seeing no ball control there. No. Which ended up two, three seconds later in a second goal. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care what your distribution is. If you can't stop a goal from going in the net, your distribution does nothing. You're a goalkeeper. <laughs> job, stop ball from going behind the goal line. Yep. Yep. I'm going to be for this and stuff, but um, here's my thing. And, and again, I don't want to bash Q because uh, uh, he hasn't had any games. He could be rusty. Fair enough. 
-hmm. But when the defense is bad, which it was, when the defense is bad and they score on Bones, it's Bones' fault. But when the defense is bad and they score on Q, it's Chris Armis's fault. I'm sorry, make up your <laughs> freaking mind, fans. I don't know how big of fans you are or what you think. You can't change your mindset. If, if the def defense can't cut it, the goalie can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be fair to Q, he had some great stops after those two mishaps. He did. Both goalkeepers are number one goalkeepers. But you can't pick and choose if the defense shitted the bed or not. Yeah. And most of the goals that have gone in against Bones this year have been the defense shit in the bed. That or a spectacular strike well, that wasn't gonna, defendable, period. That's going to happen. <laughs> that is 100% going to happen. a beautiful goal. You, you, as much as you hate to say it when uh, the opposing team... When it's against you. Beautiful, you got to... <laughs> Gotta clap your hands and 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 accept the fact that uh, that was a beauty. Yep. But so I have a hard time with the uh, slapping around bones this this whole uh, first third of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel bad, and you could see it for Q in net. He knew he messed up, and that is not how you want to come back into the game. Uh, I don't know what Chris Armis is going to do when we have a double game week coming up here, if he is going to just throw bones back into the net uh, going forward, or if it's going to be a Q gets this uh, next upcoming game on Wednesday and uh, bones gets Saturday or vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm, we're, we're just fans. That's what this show is all about. Just the fans <laughs> Sorry, because that was our game to win. Yeah, like you, you can see in the team, the team is getting better. We had, who were you only missing? We were only missing Soteldo. Well, and so our, our best 11 is getting very close. So have you given up on Josie then? Because you just said the only thing we were missing was Soteldo. And on paper, we have three designated players. And we wow. pulled off a – we tried. I mean, I, it sucks about the first two goals. Mm -hmm. But we were seeing some, um, I thought, some amazing passing. And yep. the final third was missing a little, but it was there. We, I mean, we scored two goals. Something is going right. Yep. It was nice and, to see Osario again. And uh, this is good. And Akinello – yeah, that was a beauty header in, and he needed that. Yeah, it's amazing what the difference of having uh, the reigning MVP playing again is. He he played he played, and it showed. For sure. Having For sure. Him there was amazing to see. Uh, as a fan, it was it was lovely. But we have I felt more. We have two more designated players. Sadly, Soteldo's hurts. Mm -hmm. um, I've been saying it for a long time now. When is when is Josie gone? The first off, I want to say the uh, the possession, the ball possession in the attacking third. I thought Toronto improved on huge, huge over the past you know previous matches. The international break, whether it allowed people to clear their minds, heal up, or just work on that extra little thing they felt they needed. 
I thought it was like, like I said before, um, it was like the tuning key of a guitar. You know, it, it was, it's almost in tune. It just needs that extra little tweak, just that tiny little touch. And it's just not there yet. But when it comes to Josie, I mean, part of it, I don't know exactly what happened, but it seems to me that he brought a lot of this on himself. Um, and the fact that it's almost like he 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 doesn't realize his his uh, injury prone. The fact that being pulled at seventy minutes is better than having no minutes or going to ninety and then not seeing you for four months. I I think it's deeper than that, but I, I see where you're going. Right. So this, this isn't a one game issue. No, this isn't no. a one match issue. Um, sadly, as Toronto FC fans, we haven't seen the Josie Altador that we all love and respect and mm -hmm. will always love and respect for what he's done. Yep. We haven't seen him since the middle of 2018. No, and, no, and, he's, uh, you know, I don't know who. Who made the decision to re-sign him for the three years? But I'm sure they're kicking themselves. But I don't know. Maybe he changed. Uh, maybe the team changed too much for him. And I don't mean just because we have Chris Armas now. Because no. Again, I haven't seen Josie Altdor since uh, no. uh, after CONCACAF in 2018. Yep. Um, yep. I will always respect Josie Altdor. That ain't mm -hmm. gonna change. Uh, he, the amount that he's done for the boys is like it's, it's you know it. There's a lot there that he's done. The history is there for sure. Oh yeah, no, he's he's already in, ingrained as a Toronto FC legend. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> hopefully, between the team and himself, they can uh, maintain the relationship. Mm -hmm. Because it would be a detriment to the team mm -hmm. to have him go in a negative way. And I'm, I'm sad to think that it's looking like that's the direction it's going. Yeah, it's, it's definitely right now a very uh, abrasive situation. Um, you know, it's, it's very tough to comment on because of that, because... We don't know all the ins and outs of it, but you know the history of Josie and his authority, um, his his uh, you know he's he's not very well not not very but he's he's got a thing against uh, against authority, but you know he likes to be Josie. He likes to have his things his way, and it seems like when things start to change and there's turnaround, which is going to happen in pro sports. I mean, people come, people go, players change, positions, everything changes. Maybe, like you said, there was just a lot, and then COVID hits, injuries hits, and it's just a lot to take in. It's it's a totally different team, totally different game to him. Maybe, you know what, maybe a transfer wouldn't be a terrible thing on him. Maybe he needs a fresh start, something to get his energy flowing again. I, you know what? 
I, I don't think that's the problem right now. I think the problem is they can't get anyone to take him. He comes at a price for somebody who can't play even 90% of the time. How big of a salary does Toronto FC as a team have to swallow? Yeah. And that stays on the books. Mm-hmm. And so there is no replacing him as, as a uh, getting a third DP. No. If he, he's still on the books in any large amount of money. Yeah, they, what you would have to do, you have to buy him out and then reconfigure his contract. No, no, uh, you have to buy out uh, per the rules. In order to uh, open up the space, you have to buy out the player before the season starts. You can't oh. buy out a player during the season and retain or get back their spot. So if they bought out Josie today, we don't get a DP for the rest of the year and we're just paying him which would mean no different than where we are now because he's getting <laughs> and he's not even training with the team. No. So it's a, uh, it's a big mess and it's sad because it's not good for Josie. It's not good for Toronto FC and, no. and the football world watches these things. And like I said, I really hope that they can come together and get something positive out of this because it will bite you in the ass even longer in the future mm-hmm. as other teams or other players are considering coming to Toronto. But we're going to leave that one alone for a second <laughs> before we leave it alone. Oh. We were told that they were taking the international break to work this out. The international break is over. We've already had one match, and he still doesn't travel with the team. So what's going on? Uh, As fans, we all want to get a little more info. You don't have to tell us the details because the details are still being worked out. And even after they're worked out, you still won't get the full details. But you've got to start throwing us fans a a little bit of the bone. You've got (coughs) to – you can't keep us in the dark all the time. No, and uh, this is going to segue me into the. They might be coming home, <laughs> and part of the thing maybe that we're not hearing anything is thinking that well they're not in the city, so the fans aren't paying attention. Trust me, there's twenty two thousand season seat holders. A good mm-hmm. fifteen thousand of us are paying attention, for sure, and for sure. Uh, just. They're coming home. We hope they're coming home. I mean, some laws have changed. Some rules are being opened. Some applications, I hope, are being put through the Ontario government and federal government. Are you you expecting some home games at BMO pretty soon? Maybe not without fans, but do the boys get to come home and sleep in their own beds? I would like to think so. That light's getting bright at the end of the tunnel. You know, um, to my knowledge, the team is almost all vaccinated. And the government is allowing uh, cross-border travel without quarantine to Canadian citizens. Now, I mean, not everybody on the team is a Canadian citizen, but I'm sure they all have their own precautions and their own miniature bubble going on across the states, wherever they play. So them being vaccinated, I mean, for sure. I don't see why that would be, would be a problem 
for to have them come back. Like you said, no fans in the seats. It's not a big issue. The thing is, we want our boys home. We want them. They want to be home. You know, they want their their actual normalcy. They want a place to call their home. They want to play a home game in their home against a team that had to travel, not come down the highway like it's their own every other game, you know? Well, there so. is a, there's a little extra to that. Um, for us uh, layman people who aren't athletic <laughs> anymore, we'll go with anymore. Anymore. Is uh, the government has put out to the, the professional sports teams an application to, to help make this happen. So it's not just for Canadian citizens, this little sideways thing that is beneficial to professional sports and not the layman. Uh, so I am, I'm thinking positive. I think we might be lucky enough to uh, have the team back for July, which would be fantastic. Uh, again, uh, for them, for the wives, the children, the girlfriends, all involved with the team, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to sleep in their own beds, uh, in their own homes. And some of them haven't even lived in Toronto yet because <laughs> of the pandemic. Think about yeah. that. Chris Armas, our, our head coach, our manager, hasn't even lived in Toronto yet. No. Our DP, Soteldo, <laughs> hasn't even lived in Toronto yet. Has he seen Toronto? <laughs> I know Chris Armas has seen. No, Chris Armas has seen because I know this from direct info from him when he was on uh, my other show, Two Guys One Beer, that uh, he saw the hotel room, mm -hmm. the training grounds, and the hotel room. <laughs> so no, Maybe. no, he he's driven through. He, he's uh, seen a bit of the four hundred and the four hundred one. Yeah. That's <laughs> hotel to the training ground and back. He knows yeah. that probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he's heard amazing things about it. Um, I was chatting with him last week. And uh, he doesn't even have his family with him in Florida. No. Uh, they had a visit a couple weeks ago, and they're planning on another visit in the, in the near future. Uh, that spreads past just Chris Armas. That, that, that spreads to quite a few of the players, he was saying um, the, the team has tried their best and there are family members, wives and, and children with them down in, in uh, Orlando. But you got to think of the younger players. They don't have wives. Yeah. Their family is still mom and dad because they're mm -hmm. that young. And they don't have that support system or that home base that they are used to. So yep. I really think there's going to be a lot of change in, in, the, in the positivity of our players. I mean, they're trying their best. I've, I, I've never thought they're not trying their best. Let's get that clear. This has not been a great start. This has been a horrible start to the season. Uh, but our players have not had a good last 18 months, period. Not at all. And Not that's, at all. That has, and that's completely outside of the game. It's a circumstance that has it's impossible to foresee. Nobody saw any of this stuff coming. And the fact that they even were able to make some sort of 
league happen is huge. The fact that Toronto is kind of kind of got shafted because of the inner border play. Uh, it's very tough. It definitely wears on everything. And you can't prepare. You can't. You can do <clears throat> all the training you want, but you can't prepare yourself to spend 18 months like that playing home games in somebody else's field, in hotels, in Airbnbs, whatever the case may be, where there is no, there's no, there's no you there. It's a room that you stay at in some part of the world. Now, I mean, Soteldo and others that come from other parts of the world, you'd say, well, you know, their life in Toronto right now would be the same thing as living in Orlando. Well, fair enough, but the stress of the players around him from not having that sense of normalcy has to weigh in on a player who is just coming into the team to try and figure out the lay of the land, to try and figure out the culture of the team when there's no, there's no normalcy to it. It's all being fumbled around through to try and pick up what exactly is happening. So even to say he, he is trying to figure everything out and it's a moving target. It's never the same. Yeah. We'll get there. Come on. Come on, Corey. We started this show 18 months ago and we got one episode where we were in the same room. (laughs) And one match together. (laughs) One match together. Right. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. (laughs) We're all, we're all missing BMO field and we will get back. And actually with, with doors and borders opening slowly, it, it makes me wonder, and I just want to take this a step further before we end tonight, is what is uh, Toronto FC slash MLSC going to do if fans are allowed back in to BMO Field? Now, obviously, I don't see a full stadium happening. No. Here. Um, you and I are both season seat holders, uh, uh, like many, many other, well, I said 22,000 odd people are, mm-hmm. uh, we all paid for 2020. We all got our single match. Our tickets have been, uh, and season seats have been held over and our money held over, uh, yep. and no increase or anything like that for 2021. Well, we've already lost a third of that. You're not going to have a full stadium. If they do, what do you think is the best route? Me personally, is every season seat holder should just have their seats held and their money held for those who left their money with with the company, held till 2022, when fingers crossed we all have a <laughs> normalcy of uh, attending matches. Yeah. Now, if if fans are allowed in for 2021 in any form first off it should only go to season seat holders but you're not going to fit 22 odd thousand people in there by rule no. regulations uh and then by lottery mm-hmm. which i'm fine with the lottery but it doesn't affect your season seats like if you want to join the lottery you you join it and you pay per game so if you're allowed in for two games, you pay for those two games separately. It doesn't affect your season seats uh, right. payment for a full season. 
That would make sense. That would be, I think it would be fair for sure. You'd have to start at your season ticket holders because of the casual fan, you know, there, there's too many variables there. Are they actually going to go? They're going to actually, obviously there'll be fans there, but you want to try and limit the amount of uh, third party sales, the scalping of prices. And you want to make sure that true fans, those who have been waiting to go to games, are going to be there first. Oh, for sure. So if you're only allowed 5,000 people, you want 5,000 season seat holders. Exactly. And, and uh, I mean, we might, I might get slapped in the face for this. That doesn't just <laughs> mean supporter section because no. everyone who is a supporter doesn't have to be in the supporter section. You no. don't have to belong to a group. Me nope. personally, I'm in the West Club, and uh, we actually have our own supporter group. We're non-sanctioned because we don't mm-hmm. need to be. We just know we're supporters. We make a lot of noise in that section. And I'm sorry we don't wave flags or do stuff like that because we're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, right. We were allowed. Trust me. We'd have flares. <laughs> <laughs> The cup holders would be used for other things than cups. Yes, I'm holding the smoke uh, bombs and. <laughs> I just believe there is a there, the Toronto FC fan base and supporter group, is more than just supporter groups, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it will be interesting. Time will tell what happens and what uh, TFC and uh, MLSC decide. And I can't wait until we're all allowed back in and, and have a few drinks together. And uh, uh, well, I might be waiting a long time, but <laughs> an error or two. Yeah, long I mean, distance high fives, self high fives. Anymore, you know. Don't look there. No, no. Uh, we're but... due. I I, uh, I want to say thanks. This was a good episode. I'm glad we actually didn't talk too much about the game, and we tried to segue away from it to keep my anger uh at me little Uh, down i have pure faith the season is still young yeah hopefully fingers crossed our boys are coming home soon i believe it's going to make a huge difference everyone's getting healthy so telda will be back Mm -hmm. don't even know what he can do yet and that's an amazing and exciting thing um the Chelsea Altidore saga will be settled whatever way it goes. If he's back on the pitch and healthy, welcome back. We love you. Right. Yep. Or if, or if he needs to move on and we bring someone else back, thank you for your time. You're a legend. It, it's interesting times to be a Toronto FC fan, and it's not all negative. Sorry. I'm, <clears throat> you kind of froze a little bit there. But no, yeah, um, there's a lot that's going to be up in the air, a lot to come down, and hopefully it's positive for the better part. So let's talk to you after the next match. Yeah. Well, we got two matches in this week, so we'll talk to you after the next two matches. Sounds like a plan. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. <laughs>